0: And it says in verse number one, it says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with us? Now, I don't believe that this was a disrespectful woman. What does this have to do with us? Like, you know, if we'd say that today, you'd be like, man, that Boy's being disrespectful to his mother. Like that was how they communicated. Okay. It wasn't like, right. It was, he was being respectful and mom, this has nothing to do with me. She goes and turns to the disciples and said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification containing 20 or 30 gallons each. And Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots. Isn't it funny? He goes, it's not my time. And now like the next breath, he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Like, look at the power of a mom, right? The persuasive ability that a mom has, right? And here they are. Okay. Mom said, so they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. And when the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, and did not know where it came from. And I would probably suggest that the disciples had no clue where it came from. like, But it says that they knew where it came from. And the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Can you imagine the argument for a moment? I think today, you know, you, you have to put yourself in there. Like, I don't know if your children have ever done anything wrong. I remember being that kid that did bad stuff. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I was a kid that did bad things, right? Anybody else in here ever do anything wrong as a kid? And and my mom had an incredible grace about her that she never held my failures against me. I remember this time I shared in first service um, that I was in high school and I decided to have some friends over, a lot of friends, and there was this kid that lived up the road that we always picked on, not nice, I know, okay? But this kid, we just, we did, I don't know what it was about him, he was just that kid that got picked on. And now I look and I'm like, man, I was such a jerk. And, um, but we decided, all of us, that we were gonna go egg his house. Now my mom lived a little bit out in the country, a lot actually, and we had five acres, and then just down this this road, and up. I mean, it's probably, you could see the house from our house, but it was probably almost two miles in the car. So we get in the car, all loaded up, and we drive up, and right when we get close, we turn off the lights, use the emergency brakes so the brake lights don't go on, right? Right out front of their house, and everybody jumps out into the ditch. And and they go running up and crawling through the grass like soldiers, army, you know, going to attack this house. And so we drive up past the house, and we park, and we wait, because we're going to pick them up on the way back in. I am not sharing this to give anybody ideas, okay? And so all of a sudden, we're sitting at the corner, and we're waiting, And all of a sudden, we hear a shotgun go off, and we're like, oh no, our friends are getting shot at, right? So we it for them, and they come running up out of the ditch, and they jump in the car, and we had like this Chevy Cavalier, a four-door car, trunk open, and I'm not joking, they just packed in there. I, I think we had at least 10 people in this car, right? And we're just like taking off. And then all of a sudden in the rear room mirror, I see headlights chasing us. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm a dead man. My mom is gonna kill me. My parents, I'm dead. I'm totally dead. And we take off and we turn into a high speed chase and we're just beelining it and out of there. And so finally we go and we hit this jump, like right after my mom's house is this hill, we just launch. And the next thing I hear is the trunk slam shut. And I'm like, oh no, we just chopped somebody's legs off. Cars chasing, people getting shot at. This is gonna make primetime time news. News, right? Like what is going on? And so we get out and we, we go for about 10 minutes and finally this car stops chasing us. So we wait out there for a little while and then decide to go back to my house, go this other way and get to the house. And we all go running downstairs and we're just sitting down there like, oh my gosh, we're dead meat, right? Chilling. And all of a sudden a knock at the door. And I'm like, I'm not answering the door. Nobody answered the door. We're not here. Turn the lights out. Nobody's home, right? Keep pounding on the door. And my mom answers the door. She's like, where's your kid? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm toast. And sure enough, you know, they tell the story, and they didn't shoot anybody with a shotgun. They just shot in the air. And I remember that night. For some reason, you would think that my mom would never trust me again, that she would never allow me to drive a car again. She would never allow me to have friends over again. But for some reason, she did not hold those things against me, and she still just believed in me. She, she always was, was believing in, in the potential within me, even though I caused all kinds of pain for my mom. Now, I think about this moment with Jesus and the disciples, and here is, is, is Jesus' mom, and she's just like, you're going to do this? I don't know. Did Jesus ever do anything wrong that would cause her to think? It doesn't matter because here she was just believing in her son, and she's like, it's not my time, but she's like, no, you're going to do this right now. I believe in you right? And, and I had them sing that song today because when we can get to that point, miracles start happening when we just choose to believe. Amen? And this morning I thought, man, how do I illustrate this moment and I and I could only think of it like these water pots, you know, and, and life comes at us and we have opportunities, as we were talking about last week, what it means to be in the Father and and stuff. And I was like, man, how how do we trust God to the point where where we just believe that if if we just keep honoring God, doing what he says, that at some point miracles will begin to show up. And things will begin to happen in our life, and it has nothing to do with us. Like, we just have to choose to trust. We just have to choose to believe. And I think that's what Jesus gave us this great example because he's like, it's not my time. But it didn't matter because mom said, it's time to do it. And as I thought about us and our simple obedience, how many times do we spend our lives focusing on the miracle that will take place and, and wondering how it will take place instead of focusing on just being obedient. Amen? We're, we're looking for the miracles. Like, God, I'll be obedient if I know how it's going to work out, right? Like, how many of you guys have ever had that conversation with the Father? Like, God, I know you're asking of this of me, but I need to know that it's going to work before I actually take the step. Do I have any friends? Like, you're trying to figure out the miracle before the obedience, right? Right? And I began to think about what it means to really trust God. You know, and all he did is he told the disciples to just fill the pots with water. And so they just began to be obedient. Like they didn't go, well, how are we going to make this happen? He just said, I just need you to be obedient and fill the water pots. And the next thing you know, through their acts of obedience, what began to happen was water began to turn into wine. And how many times in our life is God just asking us to be obedient? See, some of you are sitting here trying to figure out, how did he just do that? I'm not going to tell you. Because we sang that song that you're the God of miracles, and maybe a miracle just took place. See, miracles aren't always about recognition, but about obedience. Some of you are believing for a miracle or something to change But God's waiting for you to start with obedience. Amen? Like some of you want to see things change in your life, but are you being obedient to the Father? Are you being obedient to that voice? Are you just saying, it may not be my time. How many of you have ever found that God never asks something of you when it's convenient? Amen? Do I have any friends? Like it always seems like his prompting comes at the least convenient moments of my life. Amen? So I just like, okay, God, I guess I'm just going to be obedient to whatever you're asking. And I'm just going to do what you said to do, because it's clear that I cannot program God. He's not going to fit into my system. And here's what he does is he just asked us, as we were talking about last week, being planted in the father, we produce what? Life. So was a quick test to see if you guys were paying attention last week. And that life is our ability to serve other people. Amen? And and so what God asks is, I'm just asking for you to be obedient, to walk through your day and just be obedient, and just offer whatever people need. If they need a drink, you offer them a drink. If they need love, you offer them love. If they need hope, you give them hope. If it Whatever it is, our job is just to be the conduit of obedience, to travel through our day and offer to those that are in need. Chris, you look thirsty this morning. Amen. There's nothing laced in it. You're good. Okay, you're But the problem is, here's the hang-up, is a lot of times when it comes to our obedience, we know that God's asking us to deliver wine to somebody in need, so to say. I'm not promoting wine, use the illustration. And what we're afraid of is, will it be wine when it gets to them or will it still be water? I mean, could you imagine what the disciples faced? Like, I need you to do this, and I need you to deliver this cup and it'll be wine. Like, could you imagine? I think I would be sweating, like shaking, like here is, um, here's your cup of wine. I mean, wa- water, I mean wine, right? Like what is it actually going to be when it gets to their hands? You can drink it. It's safe. I promise. You don't have to drink it. Just don't spill it. Pastor will not be happy with me. Okay. I won't be happy with myself. Patty, will come clean the carpet though. Okay. But here's the deal. Red will come out, right? Patty, you can guarantee. Okay, good. But here's why we don't act in obedience sometimes. Because we're focused on the miracle instead of on the act of obedience. Amen. So what we're doing is we're going, God, I would, I would be obedient, but I'm afraid that I may fail. But when you're in the Father, he's not asking you to, to figure out how it's going to work. He's just asking, will you be obedient and trust? And a lot of times our miracles don't take place because we're sitting here going, I know what you're asking me, God. I know I should trust you. I know I should do it, but I have no clue how this is going to turn into wine. But he just says, Sean, I'm not asking you to understand. I'm just asking you to be a person that delivers my goods to people in need. And that's all I'm asking of you today is to be a carrier of God's goodness in the earth today. Are you willing and obedient today as God's people? Proverbs or James chapter three and verse number two says, none of us is perfectly qualified. Talking about those that teach the word of God and that's really all of our duty, isn't it? Is to share the gospel and to teach the word and James says, none of us are perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. How many of you are like me? And there are a lot of times where you should just open mouth and insert foot, right? Like I was sharing in first service, we were buying stuff for our kids as they went on these week-long trips, both of them. One went to the beach, one went to the mountain. One needed a lot of sunscreen products, the other one needed very little, okay? Because they're going to be in the clouds and and the stuff, and so we're getting stuff, and bought the necessities and then we're getting more for the one that's going to the beach and and I said he doesn't matter and I meant to say he doesn't need all that but it came out he doesn't matter and I'm like and so then he's like I don't matter and I'm like no you matter right like open mouth insert foot right it's just, you just get it wrong Every, I maybe I'm the only one but I say a lot of things that I wish I could take back sometimes right you're like what is happening and how about this? How much do we strive? Is that good or what? It's really good. Lori's like, man, that is the best tasting juice all day. Amen. How many times do we not act in obedience because we're trying to be perfect? We want everything to be perfect. We, want, we don't want to look like a failure. We don't want to make mistakes. And so we withhold being obedient to God because we're worried about being perfect. You know, I think about you women your moms, and you spend this time in front of the mirror. I clearly don't spend very much time in front of the mirror because I don't have hair. But you get all ready, right? And you you get your hair perfect. You spend time. You get your makeup done. Now, my wife absolutely adores me because I love to get in the car when we're all together, and I have this obsession with needing to open the windows when you first get in the car. Like, there's something I want, fresh air, right? Do I have any friends in church this morning, right? And, and she gets ready and, and, and she looks absolutely just gorgeous. And I'm like, man, she looks hot today. And I roll the windows down and, and I'm like driving through the neighborhood nice and slow, right? Not even thinking about it in the fresh air. I'm like, oh, this feels so good. And moving air across my face and, and she's sitting there looking gorgeous. And, and then we get out, we turn out of our neighborhood onto this road and it's like 50 miles an hour. And, and I turn out and I kind of accelerate because I don't want to get T-boned by the cars coming. And, and I just start going down the road, the windows down. And now the corner of my eye never fails. I see my wife like this. <laughs> Working to protect what she perfected in the mirror. Amen? Like, because we want to protect this perfect, and I'm not I'm saying this in a positive way, this this image, right? We wanna protect what we've invested. And I think so many times we're working so hard to protect our image of what people think that we're willing to be disobedient to God because we're so worried about what people think. Like, who cares if your hair's out of place? If you're being obedient to God, the miracle's gonna show up amen, you're not going to get it right every time, James said, you're not going to get it right every time, so just accept, there's going to be days where you're like, I'm just going to trust God that by the time Israel gets this cup, it's going to be wine, and it's still water, what happened, God, God, you failed me right now, I'm looking like a (laughs) fool, right, And so now you go, you know what? I did it one time. I am never going to be obedient again because I just looked like a fool to somebody that was trusting me. I said God was going to do something. I said, God's going to heal you. God's going to set you free. God's going to change your life. And you're still just drinking water. Amen. None of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouth. But this morning, God isn't looking for perfection He's just looking for willing hearts that seek for righteousness. Philippians 1, 21 through 23 says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Listen, there's always going to be this struggle in your life to honor God or to, or to serve self. Amen. To try to live in the father or live in the world. Like you got to pick which one until the day you die. That struggle is going to be there until you're, you're done. The struggle to want to impress people is going to be there until you're done. The the struggle with your self image is going to be there until you're done. Like it does not matter. Like even if you have to wear a wig, you still struggle with, does it look good? Some of (laughs) your, somebody's nodding. Yes. I'm like, why do you have one? No, I'm kidding. As a Christian, I can't do everything, but I can do something. I have a lot of God intentions, but I find I don't have the time or resources to fulfill them. What I have found is it's not a competition. All of our lives are filled with good intentions. But this morning, God doesn't honor good intentions. He honors initiative. Think about that for a moment. A lot of us have good intentions, But God is looking for those that will take the initiative. I have a whole list of good intentions. But they ain't ever getting done until I take the initiative, amen, to go do them. How many of you have a lot of good intentions for the Lord? Amen? You're not going to wake up one day and be what you envision yourself being just because you envision yourself being it. Like you got you to put in the work. You got to do what God's telling you to do. You got to be obedient to the very voice that God is speaking into your heart. And some of you are, are asking God for, for miracles just on a personal level. And I would suggest to you that your miracle is right on the other side of you taking the initiative to just take that step of trust. You know, it's easy to go, God, why, why is my life in this situation? Why is this happening to me? Why is this going on? Well, I would ask you, are you being obedient to the Father? Amen. It's easy to question God when I would ask you today, are we, whoa, there's stuff flying around. Are you taking the initiative or are you taking good intentions and trusting God with them? Amen. God wants us to walk in initiative. How many miracles, how many souls, and how many encounters are on the other side of our initiative? Turn to Luke chapter 9 this morning. Here we find that um, as Jesus began to travel and signs wonders and miracles were taking place he created this following of people and they just wanted to experience the miracles everywhere he went and they wanted to just be around it. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Like you find out something's going on, like Tuesday night, Robin was sharing with me just the, the great things that are happening in service and miracles taking place. He's talking about how God healed her and, and all these things, and you don't want to miss it Tuesday night. Pastor Cole's been tearing it up, and you want to hear what, what God has. If you need a miracle, come Tuesday night. If, if you don't get it at the end of service today, but God wants to do great things. But here we find in Luke chapter 9, and verse number 12, all these people are following Jesus, and it says there's over 5,000 of them were gathered around. That was just the men. And the disciples turned to Jesus and they said, now they began, the day began to wear away. And the 12 came and said to him, send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provision for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. You could tell the disciples were all guys, right? Because if a woman was there, she's like, what do you want me to cook for them? You know, like the woman has the ability, the mom has the ability to open the cupboard and create a five course meal out of nothing. Amen. That's why your moms are amazing. Like I open the cupboard and go Oh, going out to dinner tonight and mom opens the cupboard and goes, that's a good idea, but I can make something right. Like moms would always like to go out to eat instead of cooking, but they can make something out of nothing. Amen. My wife is amazing at that. Like she just, I'm like, where did this come from? Oh, I just, I'm like, Really? That's amazing. That's really good. Like, she's got all these creations. I'm like, this is amazing. But they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to the disciples, Have them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so, and he had them sit down, and taking the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. And while their heads were bowed, he waved to the disciples in the cave, and they brought all this food out, and they began to distribute. Kidding. That's what some people are like, well, no, they just had all this food hidden. No. He took what they had, amen, and he offered it up to God. He took the initiative to trust that, God, this is all we got. Amen. This is it. Like, I'm going to take all that I have, and I'm going to offer it up to God. And I believe that if I take the initiative and trust God, that the disciples had intention, didn't they? We would feed them all, but we'd have to go buy food. But Jesus was a man of initiative. He said, no, we have more than enough. Amen? Intention never sees enough. Initiative always sees more than enough. Amen? So Jesus took what they had offered it up to God and just began to distribute. When did the miracle take place? It doesn't say, does it? But so many times in our lives, the reason why we, we, we aren't allowing God to maybe flow through us, or maybe you're not seeing the miracles take place, or you're not seeing God use you in the way that you would like to see him use you is because maybe we just have intention and we're not taking initiative. And that's hard to, to make that switch because, man, I got tons of good intentions. I, I want to I wanna have people over. I want to call people. I want to go to coffee and lunch and hang out and fellowship and, and reach out to people and, and do outreaches and all these. I have all these intentions to do all these things to try to touch all these people. But I only got so much time in my life. So I got to pick what's the ones that I need to take the initiative to act on. Amen. And that's what Jesus said. He goes, let's take what we have and let's just trust God. Intention says, God, I would, if I could initiative says, God, this is what I got. So make it happen. See the shift. It's just instead of agreeing with what you have, trust God with what you have and give it up to him and see how he begins to multiply and distribute it into the earth. This morning as the band makes their way back. See, man looks at what's in the hands, but God looks at what's in the heart. You know, as we talk about where's Frank, as Pastor shared before he left, and I referenced it last week, and, you know, next week we're going to start a new campaign, and where's our friends, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, and kids? The only way to reach the Franks in our life is to make that change. From being in a person that just has good intentions to being a person that takes the initiative. And I think many of us have those intentions of reaching people, don't we? How many of you guys have that friend, that neighbor, that loved one, that person that you know is far from God? But so many times you're afraid to take that step because you don't know what's going to happen in that moment of obedience, You want to believe that if I take this cup of water, by the time it gets to that person, that God will perform a miracle and it'll be what they need. But I think sometimes we hold back because we're still looking at what we have in our hand instead of trusting what the word of God says. Amen. And I I know for myself, there's been times where I've needed God to do something in me personally. So I try to figure out a way to make it happen in my own ability. I know what the word of God says. I know what his promises are. And yet I sit there and go, God, I'm going to help you out. Amen. I'm going to go find some grapes. I'm going to smash them with my feet. Amen. Like I'm going to make this happen just to alleviate a little pressure from you, God. I know you got, you know, a couple billion people to take care of. I'll help you with this one. See, in the end, God doesn't judge us based on intention, but on our willingness to do. I believe that we will not be rewarded for our intentions, but for our actions. Today, as a church, we have to make a decision to take the initiative. Because miracles take place in unforeseen moments. And miracles will never happen without initiative. I really believe that. It takes, takes an initiative to see it happen. It takes somebody believing, somebody acting, somebody praying somebody seeking somebody walking somebody talking for that miracle to take place so this morning i want to leave you with this question as a body would you be willing to take the initiative to pray you can't spend time in intimacy with the father and not be moved with compassion to go it's impossible if you're truly being intimate with the Father and truly in prayer and taking that initiative to, to pray and ask God, God, what do you want for me today? God, where can I be your agent of change in the earth? Where can I be your vessel to flow through? When you begin to have those real conversations with God, I guarantee he's going to speak to you and he's going to show you. Yeah, But if I don't take the initiative to pray, I'll never see. Amen. I believe that prayer is the thing that opens our eyes. So are we willing to take the initiative to pray? Secondly, are we willing to take the initiative to read? You know, I I read the word of God and it reveals to me the very things that I can believe him for. If I don't know what the word of God says, I can't stand in my day like last week and go, whoa, 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 wait a second, God. I thank you that you've not given me a spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and of a sound mind. But if I don't read the word of God, I don't know that's in there. Amen. I don't have that hope. If I don't know the word of God, I can't say, God, wait a second, this should not be happening because God, you made me the head and not the tail. God, I thank you that you brought me up out of the miry clay. You set my feet upon a rock. You've established my goings. You've made us the head. Father, I thank you that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. God, I thank you. But if I don't read, if I don't take the initiative to, to open the word of God, to spend time in his word, when these things are coming against me, I don't know what my resources are. Thirdly, when I spend time in prayer and I spend time in the word, will I take the initiative to reach out? Are you willing to be interrupted in your day? Are you willing to let the Father completely change everything and put you in his system and allow him to just flow freely through your life? You know, I was sharing about this young man at the gym and um, it's funny, I, I, I get locked on to some of these guys and I believe, I'm like, God, that's the next one. Hey Amen. I'm gonna go after him. I'm gonna take the initiative. And uh, this young guy, he's, he's great. He's respectful, he's, he's really into what he's doing, playing music and super creative and all this stuff. And so I'm just trying to love on him and reach out to him and he totally respects who I am and he challenges me and we have these great conversations. And I'm like, man, you should come sometime. And why do I need to come? God's everywhere. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I just leave it at that. Love on him. But Friday, our conversation changed. Because as we began to talk, and I, I believe this, and he may never walk through the doors of our church, but it's my job to just be obedient, take the initiative, and reach out. And uh, we're talking and, and this just baffled me. And you, if you're musical, you'll understand it. All the musicians came up, Second, first servers were like, oh yeah, la la la. I'm clueless, I can't clap on beat, I can't sing, okay? Nothing, so this is all, okay, just new stuff to me. But we started talking and and uh, he was talking about how they write their music. He's in a band and he goes, yeah, did you know, I don't even know what started, but he goes, did you know that the earth gives off a certain frequency? I'm like, what? No, clueless. He goes, yeah, they've they've studied and scientists have found a frequency that the earth gives off. I'm like, wait a second. So in my mind, my thinking, wait, God created the earth, right? And he goes, and so our music, we try to tune in to the frequency of, you know, whatever planet we want to play to. I'm like, okay. So he's talking about the different planets and the frequencies they give off. And then the sun and all this stuff. And the only thing I could think about was, wait a second. If God put a frequency in the earth and that puts the earth in harmony with God, right? And I and I started thinking about this. I'm like, wait a second. So then he's talking about when he plays and if they play in the right frequency, right? It changes the way you feel about the music. And I started, and so then I just, I couldn't, I just had to interrupt him. I'm like, so you mean to tell me? That if the earth is in harmony with God because of a frequency, when you play a certain thing, it can put you in your spirit in harmony with God. I said, God has put a gift in you, kid. But I got to be willing to open my mouth. And I said, here's what you're going to do for me. I left him a challenge. I said, what I want you to do is I want you to go, to re- go record two different things for me. One in an off frequency. And one in the frequency of the earth. And I want to see what happens. And I'm trying to build something with this young man. But I got to take the time and the initiative to have that conversation. And I believe that there's young men, young women, older men, older women. There's people in all of our lives that are just waiting for us to begin those conversations with them. How are you going to see the miracles take place in your life? You got to take the initiative to have the conversation. And like I said, I don't know what will happen with this young man. Maybe maybe one day you'll see him up here on this stage playing and worshiping God. I don't know. I would sure like to believe that that will be the case. But I'm, I'm not going to be moved by whether he ends here or not. I just got to be obedient and take the initiative. I got to pray. I got to read. And I got to reach out. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning? I believe that if a church, and I believe I stand in one today, was filled with the people full of initiative, not just good intentions, but full of people that live with the initiative, I believe that we could truly change our county. I believe we could truly change our homes, our neighborhoods, and ultimately we could change a whole generation. But I also know that those miracles can't take place if we just sit back and think about what we could do. It takes people saying, God, you've saved me, you've healed me, you've redeemed me. Remember, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 said, each one of us has something to do that shows who God is. It doesn't matter what age, what race, what your background is. Each one of us has something to do that shows who God is. And each one of you has a gift inside of you this morning. Each one of you has something that God wants life to come out of. He wants people to be touched by your life. He doesn't want you just to go through the motions of of a career and and, and all these things that the world has offered. There's a place for that stuff, but it should not be the focal point of our life because he wants people to be touched through you. So this morning, maybe, maybe you're in need of a miracle. You know, I believe in worship that there was people that need a touch from God. They need a miracle. I, I, We can fill these altars every week with people that need a supernatural healing and we're going to do that real quick. But there's somebody in this room today that you're ready for God to change your life from water to wine. You need a miracle. You need something to change on the inside. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know what. It's got to be God. Because it's not going to work any other way. And I will tell you that it's only through obedience to Jesus Christ can your life be changed. So if that's you today, friend, and you say, I need Jesus to do a miracle in my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? I need I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need whatever it is, man. You, If it's salvation today, you've never prayed. Let's do this first. If you've never prayed the salvation prayer and asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. And you're ready today to receive Christ, to take your water and turn it into wine. If that's you today, would you raise your hand and say, that's me, I need a miracle, I need my life to change. Amen, amen. There's one. I don't know if she's being forced to do it or not, but I saw one, amen. Secondly, you need a miracle to happen in your life. I'm gonna ask Pastor Cole to come up and pray with me. You you seriously need a water to wine miracle right now. You seriously need a feeding of the 5000 miracle right now. Like God, I need this to happen in my life right now. Like I can't keep doing this. God, I I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to take the initiative to walk up there and I believe that when when one of these people lays hands on me that God something is going to happen that's going to change me from the inside out. If that's you today, would you stand to your feet right now? I seriously need a water to wine moment in God. If that's you, come on, don't be afraid. Awesome. I'm going to ask the band to just play. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to just come up front here. Pastor Cole and I are going to pray and believe God for a touch upon your life. Come on. Amen.